Well, uh, good morning. My name is Matt, one of the leaders out here at the church, uh, the project. If you're, if you're new, uh, just a warm welcome. I'm uh, really glad you'd come and, and join with us and, and uh, celebrate Jesus and, and open your hearts to hear from Him. And, and that's my hope this morning is that we hear from uh, Christ in His Word, that the Holy Spirit will be at work in us uh, richly. Uh, so uh, join with me in, uh, in expecting that and, uh, and anticipating that. Uh, the last two weeks I've been talking about hope, uh, a couple of weeks on hope, uh, on, on how we, uh, or what we draw from the Bible, our understanding uh, from Paul was the first week, and his hope, the hope that he had for his life and for his uh, ministry, uh, looking particularly at a few texts, and, and last week looking at gospel hope, how, how the gospel uh, for Christians uh, gives us an entirely new way of thinking, uh, a new lens that we look through, a new perspective about the world. Uh, and, and this week, I just want to land it with um, a few more specific hopes from the Bible. Um, it'll be just a little bit shorter today. Um, next week, we'll, we'll kick off with um, uh, a little bit more, so you can expect that. Uh, the, the, the reality for all of us today is that we need to hope in something. Um, it's not uh, necessarily whether you have uh, hope or not a lot of the time. A lot of the time, it's just what the thing you're hoping in is what that actually is what are you actually hoping in uh, there's a vice article that that's um quite insightful about this uh, a, a gentleman who worked in a, um, a news agency uh well in the states uh, they, i think they call it something else but he, he um he used to sell uh, lotto tickets and i'll just read you a short section of the article and listen to listen to what he says here one night when i was the only person working the register i got slammed i was moving as fast as i could when a man yelled, excuse me, I turned around and saw him leaning next to the lottery station. Anyone going to wait on me? I asked the man to wait a moment and he slapped the counter and grunted. I gave in to his tantrum and hurried over to sell him seven Mega Millions tickets. His attitude immediately changed once the tickets printed. He even smiled. You're going to win, sir. I can feel it. I hope you're right, the man said, oblivious to my sarcasm. That's when I realized lottery players run on hope and that a little feigned enthusiasm could keep them in check. For weeks afterward, I started each sale by saying, are you ready to win? People lapped it up. And then he draws this little conclusion. People don't play the lottery because they expect to get rich. They play the lottery because it's fun to indulge in the fantasy that one day their lives could suddenly get easier. And I think that sums up a lot of our hopes, isn't it? It sort of sums up a lot of what we hope for, for all of humanity. We all need to hope in something, some great change, some great transformation, some great relationship. We need it. We desire it. We long for it deep in our hearts. We cling to hope. And that the tricky part for us, as, as we've been looking over the last couple of weeks, is we, we, we are so quick to place our hope in things that we shouldn't. Just as soon as you meet and marry your new spouse, they go ahead and disappoint you, right? But just as soon as you have children, they're declaring independence and creating a new system of government in the house. It's like, what? hang on a sec, this isn't what I hoped for when I had children. Just as soon as you start the new career, you find yourself restless and looking and longing and waiting for whatever is over the horizon. The next step in my career, just as soon as you start making the big bucks, somehow 
randomly your expenses start increasing. It's like, what happened? This isn't what I had in mind. This isn't what I was hoping for. Just as soon as you build a new house, you start finding these flaws. Well, there's more work to do. And it's different than the picture that you had in mind. It seems almost like you can't be sure of anything in life. Almost like your hopes are quickly dashed the moment that you achieve them. We're going to turn to the Bible and we're going to look. I want to give you four hopes. So three. I'm going to, I want to give you three hopes for this year. Three sure and strong and steadfast hopes that you can bank everything on. As you think about uh, your family and you think about your life and, and the relationships that you have and the opportunities that are coming up, I want to give you a few hopes that you can cling to and be really sure of, hopes that you can trust in. So let me, um, let me just summarize this and then we're going to open our, our Bibles. You can open to Romans 8 uh, while I, I give you just a quick summary. If, if, if this is true, if everything temporary, if the temporary things in life are insufficient for our hope, for our, for our greatest hope, you know, for our deepest hope, when there, when, are, when there are we supposed to look? Where are we supposed to look? If it's true that all of the things in our, in our lives are insufficient, which they are, where then is the Christian to look? Why, in God, of course, the Christian looks to God for hope. The, the Creator, the One who made us, the One who fashioned us, who forms us, who knows us. And where then does the Christian look for God? Why, in Scripture, in the Word where God has revealed Himself, where He's shown Himself to His people. So we're going to look at a few hopes from Scripture to, to cling to this year. Set your hopes in Scripture this year. Romans 8, we're going to start with the first hope from Romans 8, verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Do you know why you should um, remain faithful to your spouse? Why you should remain, uh, uh, or why you should persevere, sorry, remain, uh, persevere in, in chastity, or why you should resist the temptation of riches? or the lure of uh, false promises, or even more than that, deeper than that, underneath the temptation, do you know why you should persevere in suffering? In, in carrying the gospel regularly into a difficult marriage or into an unjust workplace, into an unfair setting, why you should carry the gospel to undeserving people, to people that it almost seems wasted on? Because giving in is never worth it, is it? False hopes will lie to you and tell you of the glory that's to be tasted in sin and the glory in folly. It's not true, is it? Think of the false hope of, of abandoning a relationship. Think of the, the, the lies that, that we hear in the back of our minds. You know how good it's going to be? You deserve better than this. Why are you still here? Think about the false hopes that lie to us all the time. God's glory in your life is at stake. The first hope that I want you to cling to this year is hope for God's glory through your life, shining through 
your regular decisions. Hope for God's glory. Isaiah 42. Isaiah just gives us this beautiful picture right throughout his book, right throughout his, uh, his uh, prophecies of God's glory. Listen to verse 6 to 8. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. He's just, you know, it's almost like God saying, let me, let me just straighten this up for you. I'm not going to have it. I am not going to have it. I'm not going to let you get away with reveling in false hopes. It's not going to be any good for you. I'm not going to have it. There is no one and there is nothing else that is worth glorifying outside of me, other than me. Everything else is a shadow of me. I am not going to have it. Marital intimacy is a glimpse of my glory. Nature is a glimpse of my glory. Science is a glimpse of my glory. Life's pleasures are glimpses of my glory. Bread to a hungry stomach. Unless you're gluten-free, right? Like that's not a very glorious thing. For everyone else, that's a glimpse of God's glory. Water to a thirsty mouth. That's a glimpse of His glory. Rest to a weary body. God's glory is over all and through all. Do you want your life to attest to that? Is that the desire of your heart? Is that your hope this year, that your life would attest to the glory of God? So set your hope on God's glory. Let this be your prayer. God, will you be glorified in my life this year? Let that be your prayer. Let that be your hope. Let me taste and see your glory in the things that you've made. Let me enjoy them, but do not let me find my hope in them. Keep me from that. Guard my heart against that. Let your hope for your marriage be that God is glorified in it. Let your hope for your money be that God is glorified in it. Let your hope for your labor, for your work, for your activity be that God is glorified in it. Do you see how foundational that is? Do you see how rock bottom that is? Do you see how that strips away all of those other false hopes that tempt us and that lie to us, that tease us away from God's glory? The second hope that you can cling to this year Hope for salvation. Hope for God's saving power. We don't need to go any further than the the text we've just read in Isaiah to see this. Listen to how he starts there. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. So to those those doubts in your heart, that, that, that... sort of seemingly creeping out of nowhere to those doubts that make you question God and question His work and question His power to save you and His power to redeem you, to those, that question those areas in your life that seem unchanged. You know, those thoughts that you have in your mind, I, I can't change this. 
I'm entangled. It just keeps coming back to me. I don't have the strength to deal with this right now. What is God saying? Well, I called you and I keep you. Like, respond to your doubts with that, right? Like, if God has saved me, He's going to keep me. He's going to keep me steadfast. He's going to hold me fast. He's going to bring me to Himself. Just, he's going to do for me what He did for Paul. He's going to deliver me. Listen to 2 Thessalonians 2.13. But we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth, God chose you to be saved. It would be really good for you to remember that. To be saved through sanctification by the Spirit. It's going to take a bit of work. It's going to be a little bit difficult at times, but I'm making you new. Saved by belief in the truth. That's the second little, uh, 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 little context set of there. Through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. There are beliefs that you are clinging to in your life, in your heart, that are not true of you. You keep, you, you know, you persevere, you continue to believe lies about yourself. And God is uh, reminding us here, I chose you to be saved in an ongoing sense by believing what is true. And I'm going to produce that. Through my spirit, right, my, my power and presence living inside of you by renewing your mind in what is true. So this year, set your hope on salvation. Don't fall for lies. Don't be drawn into false hopes that are going to lie to you, deny God's glory and lead you in the path of despair. Set your hope on God's salvation. He has called you and He will keep you. He's going to keep doing that. He's going to continue in that. In all of the areas of your life where sometimes it seems like the sun is still dawning. It seems like that's a, that's a, that's a faraway land. It seems like salvation hasn't quite, hasn't quite touched there yet. 2 Corinthians 4.13 Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke... We also believe, and so we also speak. Verse 14, Knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. As you receive God's salvation as it moves across your life into the, into the darkest areas of your heart, let it move beyond you. Listen to what Paul says. We also believe, so we also speak. For out of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? Paul's saying that. Verse 13, we also believe and so we also speak. We can't contain this. We have to say something about it. We believe that God who raised Jesus this man that we saw, who revealed himself to me, that the apostles saw, we believe that he's going to raise us as well with you and bring, bring us into his presence forever. We believe that that is true. 
because of that, we're doing all of this for your sake. So that we can see more and more people encounter the grace of Jesus and give thanks to God's glory. Isn't that, isn't that our whole mission this morning for each and every one of us, for the project? Isn't that the mission of the project? More and more people encountering more of God's grace. And as a result, giving thanks to Jesus, giving glory to Jesus. Isn't that what we're doing? Like, aren't we doing the same thing as Paul? I received grace. I believed in grace. And I just need to talk about it. I just need to tell someone about grace. There's this, there's this classic uh, line from uh, an American pastor. He talks about the guy who led him to Jesus came and said to him, I need to tell you about Jesus. When's a good time for me to do that? Think about that, right? How good, how good is that? It's like, I just, I've got something you really need to hear. Like, it's, it's, this is, it's really important. It's really significant to me. It's really personal. I think you really need to hear it. When's a good time for us to talk about that? Uh, I can mean, <laughs> next week? That's not even a yes or no question, is it? It's not like, do you want me? It's like, when are we going to do that? You really need to hear this. I believe this, so I'm going to speak it. That's why we would want to plant a church, right? That's why we would ask you to be generous. That's what Pete said this morning when he talked about giving. That's why we want, to, that's why we want you to join in on community, to love and serve each other, to give yourselves to each other so more people can join in and say, thank you, Jesus, for salvation. Thank you for redemption. Thank you for this community of believers who love me and reveal more of your love to me, who listen to me and, and, and care for me and show me what sacrificial love looks like. Let's set our hope on salvation for yourself, for the, the, those doubts in your heart, for the areas in your life where you feel like, I, I just there's a bit of redemption that needs to be happening there. And for those around you, for God's saving power in the lives of those around you. Thirdly, let's, let's set our hopes for sanctification. Now, I, I moved pretty quickly past that, but um, we're just going to jump back to that in 2 Thessalonians 2. We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers beloved by the Lord, because God shows you as the first fruits to be saved. How are they saved? Through sanctification by the Spirit. So how does our ongoing salvation happen? What does that look like? That looks like the Holy Spirit working in us to make us holy, to, to renew our desires, to convict us of sin, to allow us to taste the bitterness of it, to redeem us, to bring us back more fully to Himself. Set your hope on God sanctifying you this year, making you more like His Son, Jesus, making you more like His image, making you more truly human. Listen to Jesus' prayer in John 17 as He's praying for His disciples. He says this in verse 15, John 17, 15, I do not ask that you take them out of the world. Right? Jesus, would you just rescue me from this broken world? It keeps tarnishing my perfect image. He's, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. 
They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Don't take them out of the world. Don't do that, but keep them from the evil one. Right? Do you hear the same thing that Paul was talking about two weeks ago, where Paul says, He will deliver us? Don't take me out of the world. Don't take me out of this situation, but would you cling to me? Would you cause me to persevere through this? Would you keep me from the evil one? Would you stop those doubts from attacking my heart? The trouble may continue, but Jesus will be with you. He's going to bring you to himself. It'll almost, think about the picture here, it'll almost be as if you're in a fire and Jesus is in there with you. And the fire is really hot. Like it's, it's really hot. It's hotter than it usually is. And Jesus is in there with you. And it's not burning you. To everyone else, to the guards, it's hot. It's raging. It's like, how could anyone stand that? They look at the situation from the outside and it's like, I don't know how anyone could persevere in that but to you Christ is with you Christ is with you he is causing you to persevere he's sanctifying you Christ is using the troubles of your life the trials of your life to make you more like him to make you holy he's sanctifying you he's refining you with his truth with his word through your time in the word this year through your time in devotion in opening your heart to hear God's word through the Holy Spirit reminding you through him calling it to mind through those quiet moments on the couch or in the car or on your knees through other people in community reminding you of God's word and challenging you and encouraging you and comforting you God is refining you through that Yes, it's, it's difficult and painful and uncomfortable. And your flesh wants to run as far away as possible. But it happens as God dwells in us through the Holy Spirit. As, as He walks beside us and reveals more of Himself to us. Reveals more of ourselves, more of the things that we can't see. It happens in relationship. Set your hope on God sanctifying you. On, on those moments where trouble comes and you cry out to God and He walks straight through the middle of them with you. And He clings to you. He preserves you. Let me, uh, let me close with this as the, as the band comes up. How can we, um, for us today, how can we grow in our hope? How can we renew our hope? How can we uh, uh, be convicted of our false hopes and grow towards our godly hope? Well, I think the reality for us, if, if we think about this, think about the things that we've been planning for the year, think about the things that we've been hoping for the year, for most of us, we don't necessarily hope in terrible dark sinful things i think a lot of the time we hope in insufficient things 
things that are good and they're a gift from God, but in themselves they're insufficient to satisfy us. I think that's the case most of the time. It's not that we're hoping and we're hiding away these, these dark, terrible, secret sins. Now that may be the case, but for most of us, it's just that we're hoping in things that are insufficient. If you've seen the movie, The, um, the Pursuit of Happiness, the hinge of the whole movie is, is the main character landing a job at, 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 a, at a brokerage firm. And at the end of the movie, uh, spoiler alert, he gets the job. Right? And, he, and he walks out into the street to a beautiful cinematic soundtrack and, and the voiceover says, this part of my life, this little part is called happiness. And it's beautiful, right? And the tears are rolling down his face and the tears are rolling down your face. The tears are rolling down your dog's face. He's just caught the last five minutes. And it seems like he's made it. But, and, and I hate to ruin a cinematic moment, but it's just not going to last, Right? Trouble is right around the corner. Other good temptations are right around the corner. It's insufficient. We need more than that. It is not going to last. It's not deep enough. It's not strong enough. It's not rich enough. We, we need to be regularly reminded of God's word to us. God's hope to us so we can patiently wait in Him for hope and not be led astray by false hopes and not be distracted by false hopes let me encourage you be patient in your hope this year trouble will test your hope it's going to test it it's going to push it it's going to stretch it good things will twist your hope but cling to Christ's hope we're going to sing together and, and just I, I want to ask us together to be, to be pr- in prayer. Ask the Holy Spirit to examine your hope. Are, they, are those three things, are they some of your foundational hopes? Is your great hope for God's glory in your life? Yeah, there might be fear. There might be, might be worries. There might be anxieties that, that troubles are going to going to get the better of you but underneath that is there hope that God would be glorified is there hope for his salvation is there hope for his sanctification for him working through trouble to renew you to make you holy to make you more like Christ where have you been led astray where have you fallen for lies uh, stand together and I'll, I'll pray for us. I'm going to sing. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to examine our heart. Then I'm going to close with a, with a short reading. I'm going to stand up and we'll pray. Holy Spirit, now would you continue to examine our hearts just like you've been doing all week an all month, and in an ongoing sense, to those of us that have been saved, would you keep doing your work? God, would you renew us in your hope? Would you strip away those, those false hopes that lie to us, the, 
the sin that lies to us and, and even the good things that are insufficient. Would you strip them away that, that our hope might be in Christ alone, in you alone, in only Christ will I find my unshakable hope, my deep hope, those desires of my heart, the things that will satisfy me, that will renew me, that I will cling to this year. Would they be found in, in Christ only? Jesus, in you only. Don't let us wander. Don't allow our hearts to wander this year. When the, when the glories of the world sing out to us, when temptations cry out to us, when they call to us, would you hold us fast? And when trouble screams at us, when it clenches us so tightly, God, would you hold us fast? So even now as we sing for a few moments, Holy Spirit, would you examine us? Would you examine our hearts? Test us and know us.